The Koi Gig Pod. I think all the concerns that we have obviously being that middle tier are very valid considering just how much we benefited from playing teams of a higher calibre going into our qualifiers. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. Time to say a very good morning to Mike Carlson. Morning, Mike. Good morning. Stone Roses and Oasis. Now, those are kids' bands to me. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about the history of bucket hats because these bucket hats have, have really, they've made a comeback at festivals, Mike. So I don't know if you're a, if you're a bucket hat man or not, but uh, certainly no, they've, they've no. gone up in popularity. I'm back from the cheese head days, you know. Oh, of course, of course. Even better. <laughs> Even better. We figured it'd be a good time, Mike, to check in. Uh, we're, I think, technically into the second half of the season now, um, in the terms of the NFL. Uh, lots of the games this weekend. I know before last night's games, even 11 of the 13 games finished within one score. Um, and there have been 115 such games in the season so far, the most through 10 weeks in NFL history. A lot of tight <laughs> matches. And the Minnesota Vikings versus the Bills. We should start there. Uh, so the Vikings coming from 17 points down to get this thrilling 33-30 overtime win over the Buffalo Bills. What a wild game this was, Mike. It was. I mean, it had a lot. And, and it kind of typifies the season that we're in because there were a lot of fantastic moments, especially Justin Jefferson making this one-handed catch where the defensive back on who's on his back had two hands on the ball and he had one hand on the ball. And somehow he managed to come down from about three feet in the air um, with the ball and possession. That was you know, maybe the catch of the season so far. But the game was actually decided on some very bad plays. Um, you know, Buffalo not taking a field goal when they had an easy chance at one with a fourth and goal at the two, uh, which would have extended their lead to 30 to, uh, 30 to 17 at the time and, and made the rest redundant. And then, of course, they had the game won. All they had to do was convert one play from their own one-yard line. Uh, Josh Allen doing a quarterback sneak. Um, the exchange got bobbled and Minnesota recovered that for a touchdown, which tied the game. Um, so it, it, this season has been a mix of the fantastic and the very mediocre kind of play. And, you know, we thought we had settled down to maybe three or four teams that were actually really good. And they're all mostly having trouble now. The big story last night, which why, is why I'm so bleary eyed right now, is that Philadelphia got beaten by by Washington. Uh, their undefeated season is is over. But, you know, Minnesota, no one really believed in. They didn't really deserve to win that game. You know, they tried hard to lose it. Buffalo's a very tough team to beat at home anyway. But the Bills tried a little bit harder in the end um, to, to give them uh, the victory in what was, as you say, the game of the season, at least until last night. And like, oh, I suppose before the season started, the Minnesota Vikings weren't really a team that were on anyone's Radar massively, uh, but like they go now to eight to one for the season, and and I guess the way in which they're getting some of these wins, Mike, a lot of comebacks, like like it was at the weekend, a lot of tight wins as well. Like that's the hallmark of champions. Yeah, and you know they they have played well in the sense of not not turning the ball over a lot until you know, they turned over four times against uh, Buffalo, um, keeping themselves in games situationally. They get a lot of mileage out of, out of Justin Jefferson. They haven't had as much out of Adam Thielen as they'd like. And um, I think, I think with uh, cook you saw last night, they, they would like to be a running, a running team. And he had an 81 yard touchdown run, but otherwise he didn't have anything, um, you know, but that one big explosive play is the kind of things thing that can win games for you. And the one thing that we're seeing, I think this year is that there are precious few 
top quality quarterbacks left, you've seen an awful lot of regression from the people who you assume are at the top, the the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, Matt Stafford, um, who kind of vaulted up there a little bit because of the Super Bowl win last year, but uh, and had a very you know good season, but he's reverted back to kind of uh, Detroit Matt because he's not getting much much support there. Russell Wilson in Denver has not done what was expected. Dak Prescott um, didn't play all that well um, against Green Bay for for Dallas, you know, and until until some of these quarterback situations are resolved, those teams which were supposed to be pretty good and contenders are down in this level of of sort of averageness of mediocrity where any team can beat any other team, you know, and and you're going to see, I think, it maybe it's the NFL's dream, a, a level of parity where a lot of teams will be going right up to the last weekend of the season to squeeze into the playoffs at nine and eight, you know, maybe 10 and seven if they're lucky. What do we say about, about Josh Allen now, Mike? Cause, cause at the weekend, like you're looking at some of his stats, especially red zone stats. I saw some people online certainly pointing that out that, you know, even this season, he's thrown 12 touchdowns and three interceptions from inside the 20 on track for his fewest passing touchdowns in the red zone since 2019. And then you talk about interceptions. He had thrown before this season just two interceptions in the red zone his entire career. And he's thrown a pick in the red zone in each of the past three games. So what, what's happening to Josh Allen, especially when they get into that red zone? Yeah. Um, and, you know, that was the play where they passed on the field goal. Um, and he threw the interception on fourth down. As you said, last year, he was a, four, he was a red zone marvel. Uh, between running and passing, he was incredibly efficient. People are saying he's got an elbow problem that, that's hurting his passing, which might be true. There, there may not be as much velocity on the ball a, as there was. It's hard to tell when you're when you're watching on, on television, but it seems to be more de- a decision making um, basis. The the offense in the red zone has running problems. They they traded away um, Zach Moss, who was who they had drafted to be their kind of big bell cow, uh, inside power runner. And Allen's really their best option in there running the ball as, as well as passing it. And, and it's hard in the red zone because your space is limited so that your receivers have less room to do what they want to do. You have less time. Um, if you're, once you kind of show a run to get to the outside where you can get one-on-one on a back. So I, I think it's, a, it's, partly a Josh Allen problem. I think his decision-making has been different this year, not as good, but I think that's also a reflection of the fact that the, the offense, as is the case with a lot of teams now who play more or less what we would call a single wing offense, the old fashioned pre T formation thing, which is where everyone was in shotgun all the time, but it was a run oriented um, shotgun kind of offense and you see more and more teams are playing this all all the time. And, you know, you might even say that when he fumbled that snap from center, you know, maybe he's not taking enough snaps in practice with his center because most of it comes from seven yards back when he's taking the ball in the air, not not hand to hand. I think I think it's a, it's a really we're in a, almost a transitional period, I think, in, in the NFL. And one thing you saw this weekend was that teams who could control the ball were beating teams who were more explosive. That's what Washington's formula was last night against Philadelphia in the first half. They had the ball for 24 minutes and Philadelphia had the ball for six minutes. If you've got a really good offense like the Eagles do, the best way to defend them is to just keep them off the field. If your offense can grind out first downs and use up a lot of the clock, even if you have to settle for a field goal at that point, 
you can keep them under control. Yeah, and Washington led at the half. Philadelphia got back in the game. They really, you know, were still in a position to win the game uh, up until that that there was a terrible penalty where the where um, Taylor Henneke took a knee. He was running to the outside, and then he just gave himself up rather than be tackled. And one Philadelphia player sort of half tackled him anyway and got a penalty, and that that killed the game. But yeah, it was a great game plan by Washington. They executed it really well against what was supposed to be one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, that was a that was a really really good game last night. And you look at the the NFC East situation now, and you still have the Eagles, of course, topping at, at eight, eight and one. Giants seven and two. The Dallas Cowboys are six and three, and the Commanders go, uh, albeit still bottom, they go to five and five for the season so far. Like in that game, you, you talked about Taylor Henneke, like threw for two hundred and eleven yards, was quite impressive from that perspective, Mike. But the Eagles, I mean, turn the ball over so often. I think they turned the ball over three times in their first eight games, and they turned the ball over four times last night alone. So it was one of those nights for the Eagles. That we, that's, that's basically it. I mean, uh, Quez Watkins fumbled the ball on a pass where he was wide open. Um, the ball wasn't that well thrown from Hurts. He had to go to the ground to catch it, but he popped right up to run. And then when he was hit from behind, he fumbled it. Dallas Goddard fumbled on a play where he was being basically brought down by his face mask um, but 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 that wasn't called hurts through a bad interception but they yeah they killed themselves um a couple of stupid penalties turnovers and against a team that's controlling time of possession which is difficult to do um and you have to be able to turn it into points um that was the story of the game we saw sort of the same thing in germany where um the uh, the Bucks finally were able to run the ball, which they haven't been able to do all season. Um, they controlled the possession. I think it was thirty seven minutes to twenty three, more or less, and that basically kept Seattle in check for enough for them to win, despite only scoring twenty one points. Um, and I heard you guys were talking about Fields. You know, the, there was a lot of adjustment trying to go on to the to the grass in Munich because mm. you know, like like at Wembley or whatever, it's, it's football grass, not American football grass, and it's it's very quick. It's it's a slick surface. The ball moves on a lot, and the players you know have to get used to that and not not slide around. But you know, in my mind, anything is better than artificial turf because it you know the the evidence is visible there. It's destroying players' careers um, week in and week out. And you know, we really need to be playing on stuff cows can eat. Yeah, for sure. I, and like that game in Germany, Tom Brady, fairly imperious. And and I mean, you look at the. Um, the Seahawks before the game, and you're thinking four game winning streak. They're they're coming into it in really really hot form. But I mean the Bucks, and, and I'm even looking at the, the games that the Bucks have remaining. So fairly winnable games uh, against the Browns, Saints, Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons. Like you, you look at the fixtures, the 49ers and Bengals. You know, top defenses left on the schedule for for the Bucks, but they really really could go on a winning streak themselves. Yeah, I, I think that's highly likely too. Their their defense looked much better. Um, it, it looked it, it looked very slow in the past few weeks, but um, Vita Bay up front, uh, the linebackers they they looked a lot quicker, and they're not going to have tough challenges. Um, I think if they can run the ball, that that's good. Also, Brady's starting to find a group of receivers to throw to. You know, um, some frustration there, but you know. Um, he he needs to trust people. And and the interesting thing was at 45, I'm starting to see at least that he's showing signs of age. And where that showed to me was that Brady's a master of, you know, checking one receiver, checking another receiver, checking another receiver, and each time moving a little bit to give himself time to throw and also to reset. The reset seemed to be taking a little longer. And there was a pass where 
if Gronk had been his tight end, if Rob Gronkowski had been playing, he uh, Cameron Brake, the tight end, was wide open down the middle of the field, classic kind of Gronk pass, and Brady, third look, reset, zipped the ball in, but in his resetting, he hadn't noticed that the middle linebacker was sliding over in front. So the ball being zipped in on a line drive was catchable for the middle linebacker. If he had stopped and floated the ball, it's a touchdown. But because he's taking that little bit extra time, I don't think he saw that. And I think this is just you know, one of those effects of slowing down a little in a game that's incredibly fast paced. You know, you, you have mm, two seconds or so to make all those decisions in your head and then physically execute it. Um, so, you know, all, all the sidelines issues about Brady and personal life and all that kind of stuff to the side. I think this may well be his last season. You're telling me the laws of biology apply to, to Tom Brady as well. Finally, the aging process is <laughs> catching up on the robot himself. Yeah, I've, been, I've been worried about that one myself. <laughs> He's human after all. Um, the other game that really struck me across the weekend, and there were a few quality fixtures, Mike, but the uh, the Colts 25 points to 20 win over the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I mean... Josh McDaniels, a lot of talk about, about how he's getting on at Raiders at the minute. Two and seven start for them. And yet, you look at the comments from the Raiders owner, Mark Davis, after the after the match. Fanta- he's doing a fantastic job, he said. He said Rome wasn't built in a day. I mean, does this go completely against the, the thoughts of the, the Raiders fans right now? Or how do they feel, I wonder? That That's a good question. Um, because I think there was a lot of misapprehension about the Raiders before the season. And I, I have to say, I fell prey to some of it myself because they had made the playoffs last year. Um, But when you looked down the roster, um, you know, the playoff bump might have been just the reaction to losing John Gruden, Mm. Um, just like the win for Indianapolis may have been partly reaction to – to losing Frank Reich, maybe, and and Jeff Saturday taking over. I don't – apart from making Matt Ryan the quarterback again, I'm not sure what Jeff Saturday did to make the Colts win that game. The Raiders lost that game. They're not a talented team, and that shows up. Um, In McDaniel's defense, without Waller, his tight end, or Renfro, the the possession receiver, getting Devontae Adams doesn't do them a lot of good because part of the point of – of paying a lot of money for a big number one receiver like Devontae Adams is that he has to draw double coverage. That makes life easier for your other receivers. If your other good receivers are injured, that makes life hard for your quarterback. They're awful on defense. Um, their offensive line has not played very well. Um, they've been in games. Uh, it doesn't look like they're quitting. It just looks like they're not very talented. And, you know, I, I'm sure they'll give McDaniels another another season um to try to work that out uh, you know it's funny because when we were talking about the beginning of the season the afc west had you know it was the strongest division for quarterbacks uh, you had patrick mahomes and justin herbert and you had russell wilson joining denver and you had Carr in vegas well Carr hasn't been that great wilson's been terrible Herbert has no very little support uh, with the Chargers, and and Mahomes is probably the only guy there who's you know who's who he's not even carrying the team, but he's playing really he's playing really well right now. So that's you know that's that's one of the problems for Vegas in in this season. I also you know just like to highlight a, you know, a couple of Miami beating Cleveland easily with that 49er their new coach is x 49ers he's got two x 49ers running backs who combined for 165 yards at, at like seven yards a carry um to help help them do that and tennessee won again against denver um 
despite missing about five starters. And uh, I was saying to, to someone yesterday, you know, you know that movie Invincible with with Mark Wahlberg, yeah. where he plays Vince Papile. There's a game there where he shows up to play, and it's like in a school parking lot or something. Uh, they're having this. That's what every Tennessee game looks like. <laughs> you know, they 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 ought to be playing with where the people drive their cars up to to use instead of lights <laughs> in the stadium and stuff, stuff like that. They they just make the game so ugly and then and then manage to win it. You know, I think Mike Vrabel ought to get coach of the year, and if he gets it, he ought to like receive it in in some kind of you know like leather jacket with spikes sticking out of the shoulders or something. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree. That's a, that's a, I like that anecdote. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one way of describing it. Uh, Mike, great stuff. And of course, we had the the emotional. Uh, interview with, with Derek Carr after the match as well which we can touch on again but uh, some really great stuff from across the weekend Mike Carlson thanks as always oh, thank you guys see ya OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember Effortless Shave Magnificent Moe